scripture up there on the screen if you want to know ahead of time, go to Matthew chapter 8. But before we get to the scripture, I want to let you know that I've been kind of sad the last couple of days, and you want to know why? Go ahead and say, yeah, Greg, we want to know why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you really don't care, do you? I can tell the sarcasm. Yeah, I've been a little sad today, or the last couple of days, because October has come to an end. Now, you might say, well, why are you sad? Because October has come to an end, and I'll tell you why. Because at no matter what the time of the day or the night during the month of October, you may have noticed you can find a scary movie on television all the time, and I love scary movies. Lisa hates scary movies, don't you, Lisa? She hates them. She'll say to me, Craig, why do you watch that stuff? I almost said crap, but I'm not supposed to say crap in church, so I didn't say it. <laughs> she says, why do you watch that stuff, Craig? And I, and I said, because I like being scared. And then I thought about it. I said, no, it's not really because I'm scared by scary movies, because it doesn't really scare me. Now, you might say, well, why doesn't it scare you? Is it because you don't believe in, in ghosts and demons and goblins and things like that? And I said, no, it's not really that, because I'm not sure what I believe about all that stuff, to be quite honest with you. But I'll tell you what I'm absolutely confident in. I am absolutely confident in the fact that if any of that scary stuff does exist, um, if any of that scary stuff is real, my Jesus is even more real. Which means I don't have to be afraid. I can just enjoy the startles or whatever happens, you know, that I do enjoy about all that stuff. Now, some people might hear what I'm saying right now and say, oh, well, you're, you're, are you saying that as a Christian, because you're in Jesus and Jesus is in you, that, that any of that bad, scary stuff, you, there's really no bad, scary stuff out there that is, that, um, that is going to affect you, that you don't have to worry about that? And, I, and no, that's not what I'm saying. You see, there are people who believe that once you accept Jesus Christ into your heart as Lord and Savior, uh, the bad, scary stuff doesn't affect you anymore, that it doesn't happen or doesn't, doesn't come on you anymore. And that's not true because the fact of the matter is life proves, Christian lives prove that bad stuff, scary stuff happens even when you're walking with Jesus. No, what I'm saying to you and what I want, what Jesus wants to say to you this morning is that even though all that bad, scary stuff is real, you have a choice about whether to be afraid. Now, we have been, um, as you know, we're in this um, sermon series, this book study called um, Soul Detox. And, the, and the, the whole theme of this study is to identify the, the things that are a part of life that the toxic things that are a part of life that, um, that have a tendency to um, pollute our souls. And one of the things that can do that is fear. So today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about scare pollution. And we're going to talk about how to be set free from those fears that may have been holding you in bondage your whole life how it's possible in Jesus to be set free from fear that has held you in bondage your whole life. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to open them up to Matthew chapter 8. And um, 
as we do that, I'll give you a little context of what's going on here in uh, Matthew chapter 8. First of all, thing you need to know, this is, this is the point in the gospel where Jesus has kind of reached the top or the pinnacle of his popularity. People are absolutely in love with him. He's a rock star. He's got uh, thousands of people following him wherever he goes. They first started following him because of the miracles, right? But after the miracles, they started following him because of the message that he was proclaiming. It was simple and it was authentic, yet it was powerful. And they had never heard anything like that before. And they were amazed. They were so amazed by, by Jesus, who was this full package, that, that many of them made the decision that they're going to they're gonna, um, follow him wherever he goes. Which was part of the problem, because many of them had had kind of bought into the hype of Jesus rather than the life of Jesus. I think that happens a lot, actually. I think a lot of people buy into the hype of Jesus and never really stop to consider what life with Jesus is and means. He, and it's not because Jesus didn't constantly tell people. In fact, there's a story here in Matthew chapter 8 where um, he does just that. There's this guy, he comes around verse 20, if you're looking in your Bibles. There's this guy that comes up to him. He hap- happens to be a, a scholar, a, a religious scholar, a, a, a theologian, if you will. And he's, he's heard the message of Christ and he's seen the power of Jesus. And he says, Lord, he says, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. And Jesus looks at him and he says, listen to me. You need to be careful what you're, what you're I, I want you to be cautious. Be, be cautious about what you're buying into here. And you know, he uses the language, he says, that, he says I'm, I'm unlike the fox of the field, I don't have a place to lay my head. And he, basically what he's saying to this guy is, yeah, I know you say you want to follow me, but dude, I'm homeless. You know what you're getting into here, right? He wanted to make sure that this guy hadn't just bought into the hype and he was really buying into the life, life with Jesus, which isn't always a bed of roses. Well, I want you to remember that as we move into the next part of Matthew chapter 8. Been a long day already, and um, they, they still had more to go. There was a, they had another appointment across the Sea of Galilee, which is really a big lake, right? And they, so they jumped into the boat, and Jesus said, listen, you guys go ahead and, and um, get us across the lake. I'm going to go into the bow of the boat, and I'm going to lay down and take a nap before we go on to our next thing. So he goes back, takes a nap, and is there, they're, about, they're heading the way across the lake when suddenly uh, this uh, storm blows up out of, out of nowhere. And this apparently happens on the Sea of Galilee all the time. And it still happens today. I don't know if it's because it kind of sets in a bowl of the geography of the land, but it happens all the time. These, these storms blow up all the time. And it was a bad enough storm that even the fishermen, who were a part of Jesus' crew, right, even these seasoned sailors were scared. So it says in Matthew chapter 8, verse 25, that they went back to Jesus and they said, Jesus, get up! Save us! We're going to die! And in verse 26, look what Jesus says. It's the strangest response, in my opinion. He looks at them in the middle of the storm and he says, why are you so fearful? 
If it wasn't Jesus, I would say that was a stupid question. You know? Seems pretty obvious. So let's stop for just a second and unpack this a little bit more. Because Jesus isn't stupid. So what was he trying to get his disciples to learn and to understand? Do you suppose that what was going on here was that the disciples had overestimated the strength of the storm? Do you think that was what was going on? And that's why he said, why are you so afraid? I don't think that's what was going on. Remember, he had among his crew these fishermen, these seasoned sailors. They knew exactly what these storms on the Sea of Galilee could do. And that it was quite possible, it happens all the time, that, that, these, that these boats would go down and they would lose their lives. They had not overestimated the power of the storm. Maybe they had underestimated the power of Jesus, right? I mean, maybe that's a possibility. Maybe they thought they were frightened because they, they weren't even sure Jesus could save them, save them. But I'd say, no, that's not true either because they went to Jesus to ask him to wake up and save them in the first place. So they hadn't overestimated the power of the storm and neither had they underestimated the power of Jesus. They believed that Jesus had the power to save them from the storm. So what were the disciples missing? Why would Jesus say to them, why are you so fearful? I think I know. I think the disciples, not unlike many of us, by the way, I think the disciples had bought into the hype too. I think the disciples had bought into the hype that says, when you become a follower of Jesus, life is supposed to be smooth sailing, not filled with storms. That when you become a follower of Jesus, I don't have to worry about bad stuff happening because God will protect me from the bad stuff. Never once does Jesus say, does the Bible say that when you become a follower of Christ, he will protect you from, from the bad stuff that is just part of living in a sinful world. Now, I'm not suggesting to you that if you live for Jesus, you can't avoid some of the bad stuff that happens in life. If you choose not to participate in sinful activity, you can avoid a lot of the bad stuff that happens in life, but there's some bad stuff that's going to happen because you simply live in a fallen world. It says in Romans 8.22 that even the very earth groans as in childbirth because of the sin of the world, because the sin in the world, because it's polluted. Sin has polluted. Talks about toxins, right? The sin of humanity has polluted even nature. The disciples had bought into the, the hype of believing that, that Christians shouldn't have to go through storms of life. When in fact God never promised that they would not go through storms. What he promised is purpose in the midst of the storms. You need to hear that. God doesn't promise that you won't go through storms. What he promises is that even the storms, even the bad stuff, has purpose in his hands. 
So in essence, what, what Jesus was saying to the disciples when he said, why do you fear? And basically what he was saying is, don't you believe that God's in control? Don't you believe that even the bad stuff in God's hands has a purpose? I, uh, I fear that all of us fail to believe that. We find ourselves today in the midst of all kinds of things that are just holding us in fear. Not the least of which is the pandemic. And Jesus is saying to each and every one of us, why are you so fearful? Don't you believe that God is in control? He is not suggesting to you that the bad stuff that you're afraid of isn't real. What he's trying to say to us is that he's even more real. He's not suggesting to you to be stupid in your behaviors. He's suggesting stop being afraid. For he is real. And he's in control and he has a purpose and a plan. So don't allow your fear to hold you in bondage. Instead, live with freedom knowing that God's in control. One of my favorite movies in all the world is Braveheart. Have you all seen Braveheart? It's an old movie. You probably have. You weren't even born then, were you? (laughs) Mel Gibson's, this is story of William Wallace, right? And Mel Gibson's the the uh, star, and if you've seen the movie, you, you may remember at the end of the movie, he's in, he's in prison, and he's, he's going to be executed um, by the king, and, and his wife, Murin, is it Murin? Is that right, how you pronounce it? She comes to, the, to him in, in the prison, and she begs him to, um, to kneel to the king, to submit to the authority of the king. You remember what uh, William Wallace says to her as she begs him? Hoping that if he would just kneel to the king, maybe he would stay his hand. He says this. He says, everyone dies, but not everyone lives. Is it truly living if you spend your life squirreled away for fear of what might happen, the what-ifs? No one can answer that question but you. Did you know that in the Gospels alone, 125 times in the Gospels alone, it says, do not fear. Why? Because, there, because there's nothing to be fearful about? Of course not. There's all kinds of things that are worthy to be fearful of. 
but you have a choice. You can be held in bondage by those fears or you can choose to live in confidence into into this joyful life that God has for you. Yes, can bad things happen? Might bad things happen? Yes, they might. But everybody dies, but not everybody lives. Choose to live. Be set free from the toxicity of fear. But before that can happen, before you can truly live into that life, you must first live for Jesus. See, none of what I've talked about today is real unless you've chosen, you've made the choice for yourself to accept Jesus into your heart as Lord and Savior. You can't, it's not good enough to say, well, my grandpa was a pastor, so obviously I'm a Christian. No! My, my mom taught Sunday school, so obviously I'm a Christian. No! You get to make, you have to make that choice for yourself. It's only when you make the choice to live for Jesus that you can live in to your purpose and be set free from the fears. Maybe today is the day that some of you need have decided because of what you've heard today, you're tired of living in fear. Maybe today is the day that I'm going to make that choice. And if that's the case and you'd like your pastor to pray with you, I'd be thrilled to pray with you. I'm going to be standing right over there by the prayer room. Um, as, the, as the band comes up to lead us in our final song this morning, if you would like to accept Jesus into your heart as Lord and Savior to begin living into that fearless life that God wants and dreams that you can live, maybe you've got somebody in your life that, that needs a, to be stood in the gap for, who you're wanting to pray for, and you want to do that with me, I would love to pray that that with you for that person. Doesn't matter what it is. If you need a prayer, if you want to pray, I would be thrilled to get to pray with you. It'll be right over there. Would you please stand if you're able? Let's lift up our voices and tell our God and Savior that we trust it all to Him, all our dreams, all our plans. With every breath, With every breath, with every word I speak, with every step, with every heartbeat, Jesus, let it be for you, for you only, my whole life, all for your glory. Sing that again. With every breath. Trust it all, trust it all to you, my dreams and all.
are changed because of you. The victory that you accomplish on the cross ensures victory in every other area of our life, despite the things that tempt us to fear, despite sickness, despite pain, despite struggle between different groups of people, despite everything, Lord, you have the victory and through you, we have the victory and we are so grateful for that. Lord, help us march out of here in victory, in the power of your Holy Spirit, and bring the good news of what you've accomplished to a world that is afraid. We pray and we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Have a great week. And spreading like a wildfire in my heart A Sunday morning, hallelujah and it's lasting all week long. Can you hear it?
can you feel it? 